Hello, my friends. Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard, and I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode today. I have been waiting to do this episode for a while, just needed the right time, and yeah, today's the day. So it'll be just me sharing about my experience with miscarriage, with pregnancy loss, and what I've discovered through the process. This show is about self-discovery, so it's happening live time. And also what I have done to really take care of myself and honor this time in my life. I'll just preface that this is my journey. This is not meant to offer advice to anyone else that is going through this because it's so personal. But hopefully, you know, this inspires you if you've been through any sort of loss or grief to just know that self-care is so critical. It's so critical and it doesn't have to happen right away. For me, it actually happened leading up to this, this loss. So much of it had been done over the past few years. So much healing and taking care of myself that when I actually entered in this really low place in life, I felt okay. I felt prepared. So I'll get into that more. But anyways, I just want you to know that I'm here for you and If you have been through a pregnancy loss, the loss of a loved one, it's okay to be selfish in this time and to really take care of yourself. So I hope there are a few glimmers of ideas in here for you. Okay, so some storytelling because there is a lot of beauty in this really hard story that I wanted to share. It really relates to the spirituality aspect of the things I like to talk about on this show. So... At the beginning of the year, around January, February, I was in meditation and we had decided, my partner and I had decided consciously that we were going to try for our third baby. It was exciting. We've never struggled with pregnancy. So this is, we've been so blessed in that it was like, okay, we're going to try. And luckily it doesn't, it doesn't take long for us to get pregnant. So I'm in meditation and kind of waiting for that time to finally actually take a test and find out if I'm pregnant. Um, and I'm in meditation and I get this name, this name that comes into my meditation. And the name is Celia. And I've never thought about that name or heard it even. No real connections. And I closed up my meditation because often, you know, things will pop in in meditation and I'll try to just set them aside and continue being in the moment. So when I was out of meditation, I, I was like, what does that name mean? Like, is it a spirit guy? Is it a, is it a being? So I Googled it and it meant heaven. And I was just so moved and so excited. And I knew, I was like, I'm pregnant. There, you know, this, this being is here. If you do any spirituality work as it relates to souls and, and babies and children, you know, you might have the same belief as me. I believe that our children's souls choose us as parents. We choose our own parents for the lessons that they are going to teach us. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. This soul is ready to come to me. So I took pregnancy tests and yes, I was pregnant. And this is pretty early in the, you know, in my cycle. So it was, it was a bit early to even know, but I told my partner and he's always like a little, I don't know. He just not like he, he trusts me obviously, but he's like, it's so early. Are you sure? I'm like, look at this test. So I took like 17 more because you know, <laughs> that's what we do. And 
I think he's like cautious because he understands that pregnancy is very just at risk early on. Like that's the reality of pregnancy. And so he was kind of like, are you okay? Are you sure? Like, let's not, you know, let's not get our hopes up. So we get a few weeks, maybe I'm like six weeks at this point pregnant. And we're like both like, yeah, no, we're like, this is for sure. Like third baby is coming. I'm so excited. And it's funny because this pregnancy, I was really like prepared for the first (laughs) four kiddos if they ever listen to this. But for both of my girls, I have a three and a five-year-old right now with their pregnancies. It came so fast that we were sort of like, oh my gosh, like, wow. I, I had just started taking my prenatals. I probably had a couple, you know, glasses of wine before knowing I was pregnant. I like, I just wasn't as diligent about the process as I was with this one. Partially because now I just, I know so much about the body and the way that I can take care of it. So I hadn't touched a drop of alcohol in a long time. I was eating super clean. I was taking these like super organic prenatals, doing all the things, seeing my functional medicine doctor. My hormones were optimal. It was like, yes, I am ready to carry this baby. So I was really excited about pregnancy and I hate pregnancy. I'm just going to say like just full force. I dislike it. It's very, for me, it's just very hard to, I just, I, I worry. I'm constantly in that worry state. I don't like having to like hold back on things. Like I want to work out really hard. I want to be in a hot yoga class. And I, I like, you know, in a past life really like to drink wine and just like all of these things, right, that I can't do when I'm pregnant. So I don't love being pregnant. But this particular pregnancy, I was like, I'm so grateful. This is probably going to be my last one. This is so fun. I'm excited. And I was telling everybody really early, mostly because I don't, I'm not a secret keeper. I just, I like to share with everyone as, as I'm doing at this moment. <laughs> so I'm telling all my friends and family and it's super exciting. And I haven't been sick for either of my pregnancies, not at all. Um, for Lily and Rory, it was like glorious, so lucky, it felt great for the most part, really until kind of, you know, third trimester. But with this pregnancy, early on, I was sick. I mean, I was like sicker than I've ever been. And pregnancy, you know, sickness is weird because it's like you're – you're just like all of a sudden randomly throwing up and then you're like back at it. Like you don't feel like you have a fever or anything like that. You're just like sick to your stomach all the time. So funny story. I got a friend gifted me um, Saqqara meals. If you know what that is, it's like these really beautiful, very, very vegetarian, like uh, I, can't, I just describe them as beautiful meals because that's what they look like. They're, Sakara is this brand that um, you get meal delivery. So anyway, she gives me these meals for a week um, because she was out of town. So I get these like delicious vegan meals that I'm going to enjoy and I throw them all up. I was just like so frustrated because I wanted all these nutrients and I again wanted to eat healthy, but it was so hard because I felt so sick all the time. So that was the first moment that I was like, hmm, this pregnancy is different. Unsure of like what that means. Didn't think a whole lot about it. Um, I started gaining weight really fast, which wasn't something I had experienced with my other two as well. And I'm like, okay, cool. My body knows what to do. This is like you gain weight when you're pregnant. Great. Doing the things. But this was like visibly pregnant in my belly at like week five, I'm like six maybe. I was like, this is early. 
So again, I was like, this is interesting. I wonder what that is. Um, I had, like I said, been really sick, but I also was experiencing some spotting, which I had with both of my other pregnancies, so I wasn't too alarmed, Um, but it was happening for a while. It was consistent spotting for like two weeks. Um, And if you have experienced this before in pregnancy, it can be nothing. It can be literally nothing. It's like, again, for my first two, it was nothing, but it can also be signs of something wrong. So I called my midwives and I hadn't even gone in for my first appointment at this point um, to just, you know, see what they thought. And they were like, well, if it continues, like, let's do an ultrasound. So it did. It continued. And it was pretty consistent spotting. And I was worried. I was like, this isn't normal. Um, two weeks of spotting is something that I should really get checked out. So I went in for my first ultrasound and they, you know, they do the the whole, like, has to go up your hoo-ha this early in the <laughs> pregnancy. It's not like over the belly. It's like in your vagina. Oh, and baby looks great. Everything's fine. Baby's there. We're like vibing. I think this is at seven weeks. Yeah. Seven or eight weeks. And, um, I was like, cool. This is going to be fine. I kept doing all the things like taking really good care of myself, you know, eating well as well as I could while still being sick all the time. And I, went back in, I was going to cancel the second ultrasound. I was like, well, let's just do another one just to be sure. So I went back in, did another ultrasound a week later. And this is about eight and a half weeks now. And they're in, in the ultrasound and she looks at me and she's like, what did they tell you last time? And I was like, what do you mean? What did they tell me last time? They told me the baby was fine. Like what? what? There's a baby there. Is that, is that what you're asking? And she shows me the screen and there's two, there's two babies. And it was so exciting to see two, two little babes on there. And I, like within moments, I was like, oh my gosh, like we're going to have four kids. This is intense. I was so excited and I wanted to call my husband. But within a few seconds of her showing me that ultrasound, she said, but one of them isn't with us anymore. There's no heartbeat. And that instantly was like, what? Like, wave of sadness and like those two emotions in in within a few seconds like I felt like I needed to take a nap I was like I wow this is just very jarring so she continued to do some you know looking around and confirm that the other baby was okay um and she didn't say a whole lot she was super kind and gentle with the information she said, you know, there is, there is a heartbeat for the other baby, but it's really low. It's really low. And I like, didn't even like think that that was a big thing in the moment. Cause I don't know, like we had with pregnancy, there's just so many things that can happen. We had so many like mini scares with our other two pregnancies that it was like, okay, well, oh great. So it wasn't like overly concerned. I was just really sad to think about we'd, we'd lost one. So call my husband. I call my dad. My dad is like the best. And he just, well, both my parents are, but I feel like my dad is just a really good listener. And he, he just, I'm so sorry. And we, we get, I get into the room and granted I'm alone because I didn't think anything was wrong at this point. You know, I'm alone with the midwife and I, she's like, I'm so sorry that you lost one. We want you to come back in a week and we're going to check on the other. And I was like, okay, like, I can do that. And I asked her, I was like, is this, 
does this mean that I'm at this pregnancy is at risk? Like completely, I wasn't even sort of naive, right? Very naive. And she said, yeah, this is at very risk. And she didn't say like, you will likely miscarry the other because she didn't know. But the the reality of it was that the heartbeat was very low. So I Googled the heartbeat, just like what it's supposed to be. And it didn't look good at all. I was, you know, I, I was really like, okay, wow, this is, this is probably not going to make it either. And about a day before I did that second ultrasound, I found out that there was twins. I had gotten this test called a sneak peek where you can do um, a blood test, send it in, comes back in like 24 hours. So cool. And it'll tell you what the gender is. So I got the gender information back like that day that there was a boy in there. And I didn't know which one it was, which baby it was, but we have two girls. And so the thought of having a boy was so exciting. And yeah, there's all this information like within 24 hours, just like overload. So I get home and I don't know how to feel. I just, I felt like confused. Like I'm so happy that there's twins, like that there was twins, but also that we lost one. Like it just... I felt very out of body and, you know, my husband and I, we cried and we processed. We also were like, but what next? Like now what? And granted, I'm still sick as fuck. I'm so sick. Just like feeling so tired, out of control. It was, it was pretty bleak. So I knew I had to go into the second ultra, third ultrasound by this point um, and had really accepted that like the likelihood that the babies, both of them were going to make it was very low. So I prepared, you know, my family for this, my parents, we hadn't actually told John's family yet because we wanted to surprise them, um, about the babies. when we went out there, they were in Arizona at the time and surprised them. And we hadn't told our kids yet either because it's just so early. So we had to call them and tell them this news, the sad news, um, which was, which was a disappointment. They were so, you know, all of our families are just so, 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 so supportive. I'm so lucky. And I go in for this ultrasound. That week was like the longest week ever. Go in for this additional ultrasound. Luckily, my husband was able to be with me and they confirmed that the other baby had passed, that there was no heartbeat. And I don't know if it, felt like a relief. I think it did in that moment because the likelihood that like we would be able to carry this other baby to term was, was low. Um, the likelihood that there could be, you know, if we did, we're able to have the baby that there would be problems was also very high. So it was just like of all the scenarios, this one felt the most conclusive at the time and felt like, okay, well now I know. And they gave me options. Um, if you've been through miscarriage before, they laid the options out in a, I guess, as gentle a way as they can. They're like, you can wait to see what happens to your body. If this will happen naturally. You can have, you can take some medication for it to trigger the body to release, um, you know, the uterus and, and the the babies, and and then you can also have surgery. You can do a DNC. And they sort of like rolled out the DNC as like no big deal. They're like, oh yeah, it's just like a, it's a procedure. It's like a little bit more complicated with COVID because you have to get a COVID test in advance, like whatever. But and I, I just was like, oh, can I have like I need some time. I'd really like for this to be happen naturally. So we flew out to Arizona to be with John's family. We had that planned already. And I was so grateful to have extra help with my girls so that I could just really be in my feels for a week. So 
God bless Megan Finn, my in-laws, who took care of the girls. Well, John and I just had a little bit of time. Um, We were there too, but it just, you know, to process. But what was happening is the body did not recognize the loss, obviously. So I lost the babies, the heartbeat at eight weeks, ultrasound was confirmed at nine weeks, and then we ended up ultimately having surgery at 11 weeks. So they were with me for, you know, a while without a heartbeat. And they, I was sick. I was still sick. My body was like, did not recognize that I was not pregnant anymore. And so luckily when you're, you know, when the babies aren't viable, you can take something. So I was able to take some medication to kind of ease it, but I was, it was awful. I mean, like on top of the sadness, like being sick to your stomach all the time, pregnancy insomnia, just like all the first trimester things that can come up, but without any, you know, hope of a baby. So I'd made the decision after about a week. I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's progressing on its own. I need to schedule the surgery because there it does, you know, there's a process. So I scheduled the surgery and like it was involved. I've never had surgery before. I've never had any sort of surgery. And like, I assumed this would be a chill thing. Like you can go in. I don't know. But no, it was like, full anesthesia, you know, pre-op, COVID tests on both ends, like just all the things. Um, The actual procedure itself was relatively quick for me and like really like great for healing. But I was like, whoa, you guys downplayed this. This is like a thing. (laughs) So I go in for the DNC and I, you know, at that time I was just really grateful to not feel sick anymore, to like have that be done. And after the surgery was when I think it really hit. Like they, I woke up from anesthesia and I just like, they're not there anymore. And it made me so disappointed, I think in myself that like I maybe had done something for this to happen. And I know that so many women that experience miscarriage have felt that way. And it's so like, I understand why you feel that way. And also I know that like we did nothing, we did nothing and the doctors obviously reassured reassured me of that. You did nothing. This is not your fault. This is just part of it. So it really hit at that moment that they were gone and that, you know, this wasn't something that we were going to have. We weren't going to have twins. Um, and, you know, that felt awful. But also, like, I felt okay. I did. And... I'll talk a lot about like the self-care that I practice throughout this process, but something that I realized I think in that moment is that all of the healing work and the self-care work and the study and the yoga and the meditation and all these things that I have been doing religiously for really three or four years now, it helped me right here in this moment of like in this dark night of the soul, I, was, I knew I was going to be okay. And I knew that my family would be okay. And I knew that I would get through this. And so I like, it just clicked in that moment that like, ah, oh, investing in yourself is the long game, everybody. It is the long game. And here it was just presented to me on this platter. I've never dealt with major loss like this before. You know, I lost my grandpa, but he was at an age where that's expected. And I've never lost a parent. I've never lost someone really close to me. So, like, this is the first time that I was like, fuck, I'm sad. And, you know, that I don't know what clinical depression feels like, but this sadness to me felt extremely melancholy, right? Like, 
you get out of bed and everything is like foggy where you're just like, you just feel meh. Yeah, you know, I, I am a, an extremely enthusiastic human. <laughs> I love life. I love my kids. I love my husband. I love my family. I love the work that I do. I love talking to people. And none of that felt exciting. It just felt like, okay, do the thing, right? Do the next day. And so while I knew I would get through it, I also was like, this is, this is rough. Like this feeling of grief, of sadness, of, of you know, depression was rough. So I knew that I just needed to, to ride it out and like really experience the feels, right? Like the lows, the highs, that like meh, melancholy period as it came in. And as a Capricorn moon, <laughs> got to pull the astrology in, right? Someone who has trouble often like fully expressing emotions, it took some work took some work and my actually my therapist pointed it out to me I had started working with a therapist a little bit before this process and so I was so grateful to have her as I was going through it and she's like but are you like fully emptying are you emptying she asked that question and I'm like what do you mean emptying she's like are you like letting your emotions like completely come out I guess I'm like I guess not I'm not so I did I let some days or I like I was alone at home often <laughs> Often after a workout, I think like the intensity of a workout and getting the heart rate up and just like burning off energy felt really good, felt like a big release. And I would just cry after and it felt so good to release. So I want to bring it back to the spirituality piece because there's a lot of really interesting things that had happened through the course of this whole process. So that's, you know, the story of what happened. Um, I... That name had come in, Celia, in that meditation, and that was going to be the baby's name before we knew it was two. I just assumed I'd have a girl because I have two girls, and I was like, yep, this is Celia. We're going to call her Cece. She's going to be the third. Um, my girls, Lily and Rory, have different, like, they've taught me different things. Like, obviously, parents are meant to teach kids things, but kids are meant to teach us things. And they, I know a lot about their past lives through a lot of the past life regression that I've done. And I know that we've been together many times. Lily is my little little BFF. She, We have been sisters in past lives. And her role was really to teach me to, to be a mother and be be a friend at the same time. Like you can have both of those roles. Um, she helped me see that I'm really, I really am capable. Um, I am a cancer son. So cancer is very much the mama bear. And I never like, I never really, um, identified as a, as a mom before having kids. Like I, I would say all the time, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have kids. It's just like, I just, me, I think I was way too afraid and Lily showed me that I was going to be a fucking awesome mom. And just, yeah, Rory <laughs> showed me a lot in a spiritual sense. So we trade past lives in which we, she's the parent and I'm the parents. So if you're like, what are you talking about, Ashley? I'm, I've done a couple episodes on past life regression with my, my girl, Gina, from Past Lives in the Divine, the podcast. Check that out. Side note. But so Rory and I have done a number of lives where she's the parent, I'm the parent. She's the parent, I'm the parent. And so she has tons to teach me about strength. And she also has trouble with me being the parent. And I have trouble with her telling me what to do. But it's also so amazing because 
we we have this like close connection in a different way, right? Like Lily and I have this type of connection and her and I have this other. But her role, her teaching that she brought for me was that I am powerful through her birth process, which I've talked about on this show before. I was able to manifest everything, every detail from what I was wearing to, you know, the actual birth, the length of time. It was four hours. I didn't have an ounce of drugs. It was like exactly as I had envisioned it. She showed me I am powerful. We are all powerful. So that's her role, right? And this pregnancy, I was already getting a lot of downloads and just even in my past life regression with Gina that I had done recently before I knew that there was twins and that there was a loss, that this was about transformation, right? This baby was going to be a Scorpio, (laughs) like transformation was coming. And I didn't really connect it to loss. Um, But in this particular past life regression that I did with my friend Gina, And I'm going to link up an episode I just did with her on her show about this process. Um, If it's live, I don't know if it's live yet, but it's coming out. And it outlined this whole past life, it's called a live between lives um, reading. And it was so eye-opening. And throughout this whole regression and through this hypnosis session, I kept saying to myself, I have such a good life. I have such a good life. And I need to see that. I need to simplify. I need to cut out the noise. And I'd ask, you know, Gina kind of prompted, I would ask my higher self, like, what, what is, what does the baby have to, what's this lesson? And I kept getting transformation, transformation. At the end of this past life regression, and I know this because they're recorded, so I can go back and I can listen to myself, um, like in this hypnosis, I said, I, this is such a beautiful life. I'm here to be present and to enjoy it. Even when things get really hard, like the loss of a child. I said those things. I said those words. And thank God I didn't listen to that until after, but I, I knew it was coming. My guides knew they were there to help me along through this process. So Another, in like a, a subsequent regression, a subsequent hypnosis session I'd done a couple during this pregnancy, I was with my spirit guides. So if you've ever done any regression or hypnosis work, like you can get to know your spirit guides, you can spend time with them. So I was in this room, this Akashic Records room where you go to access your records. Long story. I know you're like, this is wild. This is how I roll everybody. So <laughs> enjoy it. I get to this room and all of my guides are there. They're like, there's like a gazillion. I can't even see them all. All of my spirit guides, I felt the presence of some ancestors, you know, the grandfather I had mentioned, just like these angels around me and they were all there and they were all just like, yeah, like we got you. And I, I came, I told Gina and I was in a group session. So I was like, you guys, like everybody was there. That was so cool. That was so wild. They were there for me. So this is the day before I found out that we were having twins and that we were, we had lost one and they were there. They were there for me. They knew what was coming. They were there to support me. And it's just looking back in hindsight, I'm just like, oh, I'm so lucky that I had, not lucky. Nope. That's not the word. I am so grateful for them and for the ability to be awake and to be in touch with this part of myself, with my guardian angels, with my spirit guides. And 
when that news came, right, this ultrasound, this one where they identified the twins, I did feel really supported, earthbound and in the spiritual sense. And it was just such divine timing that I would have had that, you know, that that sight, that vision of all of my guides there. So throughout the whole process, um, spirituality, I felt really supported and I felt so grateful that I had tools, whether it be hypnosis or meditation or just like fully feeling the feels to process and to be okay. Even when it was hard, even when it was really, you know, really low, they were there. I felt very supported. I felt like I physically bounced back really fast, but just emotionally was drained I luckily had a trip planned with a friend at this resort, which I've talked about, Mirabelle. It was amazing. And I got a Reiki healing when I was there, an hour-long Reiki healing. And I've never really, I don't, I haven't dabbled a ton in Reiki. I actually have a Reiki one training, but I just like don't, I don't know. I just like don't feel, hadn't felt super connected to it yet. Well, this hour-long Reiki session, I had an extremely profound experience um, I told her what had happened. So she knew, you know, the practitioner knew that this is, I was really looking for healing. And in the middle of the session, I felt a huge wave of emotion. And I realized that the baby brought me gifts. That's what their role was. Is they brought me these gifts to help with my transformation. When I learned that there was two, we'd named both of the babies. And because I had that DNA test that said that there was a boy in there, we named the other baby Leo. <laughs> and that was always going to be the name for a boy for me was going to be Leo. Like like the Leos of the world born in, you know, midsummer full of bravery and creativity. And what I realized in that Reiki session is that Cece, Celia, and Leo had brought me these gifts. That was their role. It was just to kind of just yeah, be with me for a little bit, bring me these gifts, and then go back to the spiritual world. And Celia's gift was connection to the divine and to God and to my angels and my spirit guides, which I have been developing for a long time. Um, but this is on this was on a much deeper level. And she did that. I mean, like just through this whole process of like being supported and listening to my intuition and feeling connected to a much bigger world was was so supportive. So she brought me, brought me that. Leo brought me this wave of creativity. And like I said, bravery and drive and fire that I had been lacking the last few years. I think because COVID one, right at home with your kids and we're all just kind of like trying to get through. I, it was, it was survival mode. The the last few years have been survival mode with little kids at home. It just, you're kind of like, okay, what's the next best step all the time? At least that's how it was for me. And Leo really brought me this like drive for creativity, especially in the space of, of what I do, of this show and my business and helping others take care of themselves. So just this vigor for life. And I knew it. I was just like in that Reiki session, I was like, that's it. That's what they brought me. And I was so grateful and just, you know, tears rolling down my face in this session and I kept processing throughout the rest of the week that like, oh, I'm thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me these amazing gifts. What's so cool about, about any pregnancy is that you become more magnetic. You do. You're, I mean, literally your body is a miracle. It's creating life. 
And so the ability is to manifest and to expand and attract things at this time in your life is profound. So I felt, you know, really magnetic, even through all the sickness and the loss and all this, I did feel really magnetic and powerful. And I like to think that when we're pregnant, you know, our heart expands to love these children more. It's not like you're like, you only have so much love that you need to give. And now you have a third or fourth child and you need to like divide that, that love that you have for your other kids out for these kids. No, your heart expands. Like I have the visual of the Grinch, right? Of the Grinch and his heart like growing. That's what I think of with having kids. So it's like you can love all of your kids equally because you ha- your heart has expanded. Well, my heart expanded in this pregnancy, but it didn't, you know, when I lost them, it didn't shrink back down. It had expanded, it had grown, and it had cleared up some space for more to love and to be, be bigger and to like boldly express and, and do the work that I do working with individuals on how to take care of themselves. So it was so like, oh my gosh, I feel so expansive and so grateful. So I really decided like, okay, now this this gift has been brought to me. I don't gifts to, I don't want to waste them. I want to use them to the best of my ability. And I, I have felt so much joy in that. Um, yes, I have down days. I have major grief days. It for grief really shows up as like that negative self-talk for me where I'm like, you're not enough. You're not a good mom. You're not a good businesswoman, whatever it is. And I know for me, that's what grief looks like at this point. Um, but I was like, yes, I have these things, these gifts that I want to use and I want to grow, but I have to take care of myself right now and, and get back to it slowly. So I, I did. And I wanted to specifically outline the things that I did to take care of myself after miscarriage. Again, if anyone has been in this process or, or, or experiences it in the future. So things that I did right away, right away, I really doubled down on my meditation practice. Um, I love the to be magnetic work. The specific workshop that I did, um, was, what one was that? rock bottom, rock bottom, where you have a, like a very low point in your life. This felt like one of the lowest, if not the lowest in my life. Um, so I did it and I, it felt really good. It also felt really painful and I, I just needed to double down and spend time with myself and my feelings. I felt the feels. I fully processed, like I said, you know, on <laughs> my workouts or just like in my bed, like I tried to empty as often as possible and process that with my therapist. I treated my body like a postpartum body. So it's it's interesting to think about like being pregnant and then just like not being pregnant, right? With how that physically happens. You do have, you know, the hormone drop. You do have the the body, like, you know, for me, like the uterus needed to shrink again because it had shown up really fast with two in there. Um, I felt a little bit icky in my body at that point um, because I'm like, I, I felt like my body let me down. And it didn't, it wasn't, it was just a natural process. Um, but I needed to just like really treat my body like a postpartum, postpartum body. So I, I was nourishing it in really amazing ways through Love Kelly Levesque's smoothies, getting really good fats and proteins, eating more nourishing things now that I felt a little bit better. Um, still staying away from a lot of the crap that I was indulging in a while ago, especially alcohol, because I try not to drink when I'm low, um, and I, this was low, so I did not want to be doing that. I asked a lot of questions of my doctors and of other friends who have been through this. Um, 
I asked the, you know, the doctor after my surgery, I said, am I going to get postpartum depression? Is that a possibility when all these hormones come crashing down? And she sort of looked at me and she was like, I don't, people don't normally ask that. I was like, well, why not? Because <laughs> this is real. And she said, you might, you know, you might just be sad. You might have that hormonal, you know, issue, whatever it is, but like whatever, if you're there, we'll be there for you. And I, I was just grateful that I could even get an answer on these things. I didn't experience postpartum depression after this. I haven't ever experienced that. And I send so much love to those that have, cause I know it's awful. I just felt, you know, that normal sort of sadness, I guess that you would feel in a, in a loss. But I asked questions of everybody. I asked questions of my good friends who've been through this one who had really given me the advice, you know, maybe get yourself checked out, just see if it potentially has something to do with your body, um, not that, you know, again, not blame, but just like so that you can prevent this in the future if you if you can. Um, a lot of a lot of friends just to, you know, just to be there and like be able to share. Sharing was a huge part of this process. Um, I shared on Instagram really early on, which for me feels super therapeutic. Um, I love to connect. I love to be with others. And that felt good to share. And I really did it openly. Um and I hope to continue to do so as I'm going through this. Just, you know, if it helps, if it helps, if anybody has been through. So those are the few things. I mean, it wasn't like profound. It was really, I was already doing a lot of this work. And now it's time just to come back. I often work with clients and will recommend to them to make what I call a healer list. Um, and a healer list is a list of people that you go to when you kind of have an emergency, right? Like you you know that you need help or you need just some support. And it can be anyone from, you know, your massage therapist, your your regular therapist, your partner, your mom, whatever. But just like having this list of people that you can go to when you need it. Um, and I had that that list and I went to those people. It was, it was just took out some of the decision fatigue of like, okay, I know I need to talk to this person and I need to connect with this person. So shout out to all my loves to <laughs> so many people that went on walks with me and held space and love you guys. Thank you. And now it's been, you know, several months since this has happened and I'm, I'm just getting more and more information and more learnings, more transformation and it still hurts. Um, <laughs> subsequently we had to put both of our dogs down in the last six months as well. So it's just been like a shitstorm here at the Sonnegard house, but it's, it's part of life. And I know that, and I know that I am stronger for it. And I know that these lessons are part of my journey and I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to be able to connect with other women who have been through this before. And I'm going to be able to connect with my clients in a way that is real not that it wasn't before, but just different, right? Real. I know what it feels like to be lost. I know what it feels like to feel low and to not really know what to do. Um, and it always comes back for me to self-care. And so I want to share that with others. So, uh, you know, some of the other learnings that I've experienced in the last few months is that I was blaming myself a lot prior to this pregnancy. I was blaming myself for things that like I would get stuck in, whether it be or not, you know, the show isn't growing enough or, you know, Instagram, like stupid things, right? I would like blame, oh, well, I was stuck in this childhood loop. So like, that's why I'm not manifesting this. I'm, I'm done blaming others. There's only what I can do in this life. And now that, that, you know, I talked about Leo bringing this gift of fire and of, of vigor and bravery and just like 
balls, <laughs> masculine energy. I'm like so hungry for it and I'm no longer blaming. I can be okay with rest. I can be okay with doing the self-study and the self-healing, but it's no one else's fault. Nobody did this. This is my life. These are my lessons and I'm going to use this. I'm going to embrace these lessons to be the best version of myself, help as many people as possible. So that's, that's my story. Again, I hope that this story is is helpful to you if you've ever been through anything um and just know that you know we all have these real life experiences some of us have them worse than others I don't know worse I mean it's sort of variable right or like but some of us are just this is our journey this is our lesson we're on this earth school right? This prestigious earth school to learn things. And my real belief and why I do the work that I do is that when we take care of ourselves through the hard, but also consistently throughout our everyday, we can get through these hard things. We can, we can hold space for ourselves, for our grief, for our losses, for our sadness, and we can still hold space for our loved ones, right? That's why we do self-care. We do self-care so that we can take care of ourselves and ultimately take care of others. Thank you so much for listening to this. I did not anticipate that it would go as long as it did. Um, if you have any questions and you want to just, you know, talk, shoot me a DM, shoot me a audio message on Instagram and let me know if this has helped in any way. Um, if you ever want to do one-on-one work, that is what I do. I do self-care work so that, again, these moments are just a little bit easier, a little bit more manageable because we all will experience them at some point in our lives. So grateful for you listening, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, I will see you soon. Thanks for being here, everybody. If you are new to Yoga Magic, this show is a show about self-care and self-discovery. It comes out every Thursday and the occasional episode on Tuesday. And we just chat all things self-care so that you can have these practices in your back pocket whenever you need it. If this episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to tune in again each week and consider sharing this with a friend. Go ahead and share it on Instagram and tag at Yoga Magic Podcast. I would be so very grateful. Thanks so much for being here, everyone.